Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us. I am excited to hear all that you have to share because I feel like the things that you're going to talk about are exactly the things that I am trying to work on in this season of just, you know, trying to grow my own business while staying at home with my kids and also planning to homeschool and just really honestly trying to figure out what systems am I going to put in place because I recognize I need them and kind of struggling my way through it. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say, but first I would love if you could just share a little bit about yourself, your family. I know you said in your email, you have 10 kids. So just kind of a little bit about you and your family and the journey that you've been on to kind of get you to the place where you're sharing the information that you're sharing now. Absolutely. I'm really grateful to be here. So thank you for having me. Um, My husband and I do have 10 kiddos and we have seven biological and three adopted out of foster care and our three who are adopted have special needs. And so that just comes with a lot of fun challenges. And the year that we got them placed in our home, we had just had our fifth biological child and then got them a few months later. So it was like a six month period of going from four kids to eight kids. And it was a lot. It was like being thrown in the deep end and I had forgotten how to swim. Like it was real intense. And I finally got to a place where I was like, we can't live in survival mode forever. We've got to figure this out. And so looking for systems was, I mean, I couldn't find anything that fit our family. Nobody had a family like us that had like already gone before us and written systems for our family. And so I started just kind of making things up from scratch and trying to figure out what's important to us, what's not important to us. Like how, how are we going to prioritize these things and how can we get things off our plate and delegate them out? And so that whole process that I walk through is now what I get to walk through with my clients. And it's so fun to be able to help them like lighten their load and be present with their people and live more intentional lives instead of just reactionary ones. Um, There were times when I would like look around, I'd be like, this is, it feels like I've found the magic cave. And so that's kind of just in the peace and the quiet that was in our home while having 10 children all awake. Like it it just felt magical, you know, (laughs) you know, those moments. And so I just wanted to share with other people. And so that's kind of where I started mama systems and jumped into coaching from there. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm just curious how your, this isn't obviously what we're going to talk the most about, but how your biological kids did with the transition of new kids coming in, but also the needs of the new kids coming in. I know you said that they had special needs or they have special needs, but even for kids who don't have special needs, I know coming into a home, you know, that's three more siblings that you don't know. I'm just curious how that went for your kids. Yeah, they were a lot younger at the time. Everybody was under the age of seven. So we had eight little people, seven and under. And so they were super welcoming and loving. We had had the oldest of the three in our home before. 
And so it was like he was a little brother to them already. And so we were really excited to have him back and and to have his siblings as well. So I like looking at that time period, I'm like, I feel like they did really well. I'm sure there's a million things I probably could have done better to ease that transition or make that a little smoother for them. But I think the systems kind of came out of just like having so much to do and manage with all the kids. Yes. I mean, I had some systems in place before, but it really was like, okay, really, we've got to get our act together now and put these into place. Well, I would love to dive into them. So first, maybe one of the first things that you can answer is, you know, you talked about feeling overwhelmed. And I think that's a lot of what my listeners feel sometimes. I know it's what I was really feeling you know, in a different way in terms of behavior, but when you're so consumed by your child's behavior, it can be really challenging to do all the other things, especially, you know, when you're going to work and you're coming home or even you're staying home and you have all the the house tasks and, you know, planning meals and making meals and doing that with kids. And so I would just love if you have any like starting recommendations or any simple tips for moms who are feeling like, there's so much to do. Where do I even start or how do I even start? Or is there some type of like tip that you can give me to kind of get the ball rolling that doesn't feel so overwhelming because I'm already, I'm already feeling it, you know? Yes. Well, first of all, I would love to kind of define what I think of as systems, because I think that's a big key for a lot of people. Um, It may sound kind of regimented and like a scary word to some people. And so let me just ease that up a little bit. I consider systems, anything that is already in place so that you're not having to use your thinking brain um, as we call it around here. And so if we can get out of, out of you planning and things are just automatically happening right next to you, it makes life so much easier. So that can be having a dinner menu that you just rotate in and out every week. Right. Or it can be that you only wear your red shirt on Monday and that decision is already made for you right? Our decision fatigue throughout the day. I mean, with our 35,000, I I think a lot more than that with children, in my opinion. Um, But those 35,000 decisions a day wear us down. And so the more things we can just already have decided for us, the better off we are in the long run. It's better for our health. It's better how we show up with our family and our kids. And I mean, we feel better. Like we feel more like a human being. And I know that for me, decision fatigue, like at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, my word, I want to throw people in a lake. Like it's, I just feel done. Right. And so it's kind of that feeling is what I'm trying to avoid (laughs) because I want to be intentional. I want to enjoy my people and not want to throw them into a lake or out the window or wherever I'm threatening to throw them at the current moment. Um, I don't think I could pick up any of my children and throw them by the way, this is not a real threat, but just in case. Um, So I think it's important to realize that that we're just pre-making decisions and we're going to have them automatically going on right next to us. With that being said, if you're in a place of complete overwhelm and it feels like too much to start putting systems in place, I think just taking one baby step. So kind of analyzing your day and saying like, what was the hardest part of today? And then looking at that, how can I do that better next time? And so it may be that going to the grocery store your kid has a huge meltdown and you had to leave the grocery store with all of your groceries still sitting in aisle eight. It's happened to all of us, I feel. And so if that's the case, like how could we do that differently? 
okay, well, maybe the time of day wasn't great, or maybe, um, maybe we could have a babysitter come over during that time, or maybe I could go grocery shopping on the weekend or have groceries delivered, or, you know, there's different things that we can do to kind of help prevent things like that. And I know we don't, we won't always be able to prevent huge meltdowns or anything like that. Um, but if we can put a thing in place, it makes it a little bit easier for us the next time. And then we can just continue to chip away at it. I know that one thing I love is that with our systems in place, when I'm dealing with a, with a kiddo that's um, really struggling and dysregulated, I feel like I can be present with them because the other things are taken care of, right? So I'm not worried about the laundry because I know when laundry is going to get done. It's getting done on Thursday on my laundry day. I'm not worried about meals because I know exactly what we're cooking because I've already done the the prep. I did that on Monday and all I have to do is throw it in a pan and I can have a kid do that because they know how to do that. Like we've, we've put these systems in place so that the house runs smoothly. And then whenever we're having a meltdown or an explosion or um, anything that comes along with our little people or, you know, the basement floods, everything else is taken care of. And so that's one of the reasons I, reach so highly about systems is because when the unpredictable happens, it's not just adding on another thing. It's like, okay, we can deal with the unpredictable. Yeah. I love all the things you said, because one of the things that I specifically noticed, you know, how you were talking about, it allows you that extra space when your child does have a meltdown, because you're not constantly thinking about all the things that you're trying to do. And I've been kind of playing around with like time blocking, but exactly what you said, like, when am I going to do certain tasks? Because 90% of what we do operates from our subconscious. And so like trying to create those habits and routines and patterns so that we're just, you know, maybe we're habit stacking some things and kind of getting those in place. So we don't have to think about every single thing. You know, for me, it's like, okay, well, when I'm going to, when am I going to vacuum? When am I going to clean this? When I'm going to do this? Plus you have, you know, maybe some work stuff or maybe your kids stuff or whatever. And so Um, just having those systems in place and getting into a routine, but also the part of multitasking. I think one of the things that I've noticed for me, but I think for other moms as well, is when we're so busy trying to do all the things all the time, we can't ever focus. And so then when our kids do have a meltdown, like you said, instead of feeling like we can sit there and be present, we're annoyed because we're trying to get the dishes done, you know, and just like, go, go play, go do your own thing. So I can finish this. Um, so, and then the last thing that I wrote down, because you, you had mentioned just, you know, like think about your day and something that was more challenging to focus on and start there. And it reminded me, I actually shared it in today's podcast when I was talking about, you know, if we're accepting our kids' feelings or not and how it can feel really overwhelming to change, you know, going from being somebody who is actually you know, essentially denying your child's feelings without realizing it to like completely accepting him. That is a big jump. And people often want to just like, let's just change everything right now and and fix it all. But that's really overwhelming and that's not realistic, but getting 1% better every day. And so, like you said, like making one decision, changing one thing and then getting that into routine and then changing another thing and kind of going down the list. I'd be curious if you, um, want to share like some examples of your systems, or if there's some that you found were like the most helpful for you in the, when all of your kids were really little, I mean, I don't know the ages now, 
I'm sure it's always constantly evolving, but if there's any systems that you found that were really helpful for you in those like intense times of lots of feelings, not that those go away, but lots of kids around the same age and struggling for (laughs) attention and conflicts with each other and all of that good stuff. Yeah. So my favorite part of the day is the morning before everybody gets up and I'm not hear me say loud and clear that I'm not a morning person. Like I don't enjoy waking up at 5am, right? Like it's not, not what I want to be doing. However, I know how beneficial that time is for me and getting that time of quiet and coffee and reading in before everybody wakes up. And so (laughs) truthfully, my whole day revolves around making that happen. So to make this morning time happen, I need to get to bed the night before at a decent time. Right. But I also don't want to wake up to dirty dishes in the sink and tripping over toys. And like, I don't want to wake up to stress. So I want the house to kind of be put together before we go to bed. I want coffee to be prepped before we go to bed. Like all these things need to happen. So that this morning time that it's like my ideal time is as perfect as it possibly can be. So that kicks over into our evening routine and our evening jobs. And so we have what we call at our house, five o'clock jobs. It's pretty profound. It happens at five o'clock and I have an alarm go off on my phone and on the devices around our house that I will not say her name at the moment, Um, but they all go off. And what that does for me is it cues me to get up and go start making dinner because I will often get to like seven o'clock and be like, oh my goodness, it's time for bed. Oh my goodness. I haven't fed anybody. We need to eat. Everyone sit down. Let's figure out something to eat. And then we're like trying to scramble. But if I can set it for that five o'clock time and get in there and start putting dinner together, it helps me stay on track. It helps kind of avoid that hangry, hangriness that everyone feels at that time. And then every kid has a job during that time. So we're all working together as a team. I'm working to get dinner on the table and every kid knows what their job is. And from that, they are to get ready for the next day. So that looks like making their lunch, laying out their clothes, getting papers signed, um, every little detail of the morning that they need to be in charge of, of like getting glasses on and getting shoes on. All of that needs to be ready to go the night before. So that way we're not scrambling in the morning because there's no worse way to start a morning than like looking for a lost sock or something, you know? Um, So they're in charge of getting their stuff ready for the next day. They are in charge of one dinner task. So that might be putting dishes on the table or getting drinks for everybody. And then finally, they each have a zone that they're in charge of. And that can be an area of the house or a thing in the house. Like if there's Legos everywhere, um, they can be in charge of Legos and that's their zone area. And so each kid has those, those three kind of areas that we focus on in the evening time. And so when we sit down for dinner, I mean, the table set, food's on the table, can have dinner, we can clean up from dinner and the rest of the house is pretty picked up and cleaned up and we're ready for the next day. And so kind of those two anchors um, really just solidify our day and help bring that rhythm and peace to our day. Yeah, I think that's going to be helpful because I know for me too, when I just let my kids wake me, it's, it's definitely harder to have patience and like kindness as you're kind of waking up and trying to get in the day and they're like, I'm ready. And one of my kids just, he just tends to be whiny in the morning. Like at first I was thinking, you know, is there something wrong, you know, that's causing the whiny every day? And I'm like, maybe it's just 
how he wakes up. And so I do find that if I can be up a little bit earlier, it does definitely help. Now, um, in thinking about preparing the night before, I would love if you could share if you have some tips for like resistance from your kids, especially if people are like, because I think two of the biggest issues with time for moms, but especially people that I've talked with are morning, like getting out the door on time. And then also bedtime routine. Like it just, you know, everybody's tired and parents want their their break for the day. And it, it can just be a lot. So I'm curious, like, if you have any tips for the resistance from kids as people are kind of getting into figuring out what their systems are going to be. And then if there are resources or tools that you use, like I know you mentioned the alarm, like to help your kids kind of with these systems or yourself, you know, I was kind of thinking if your kids have to do these things, like, do you have a visual checklist for them or, you know, what kinds of things do you have prepared or would you recommend for, for parents to kind of help maybe make the transition a little bit easier for them and for their kids? Yeah. I love, I love a good chart with visuals because I feel like that's, I mean, for everybody, I think it just makes things so much smoother and clearer and it really sets those expectations. And so kind of how we roll out things in our home. Um, so typically now we're just tweaking things, but kind of what I coach mamas to do is to basically sit down and have a team meeting and say like, Hey guys, we're, we're going into the school year and we have all these things going on, whatever, whatever's going on in your specific family. And so we need to start getting up earlier. We need to start going to bed earlier. And so I've been working on this. I'm curious about what you guys think. Do you think that getting their buy-in so that whatever schedule or system you come up with, they have a little bit of buy-in to it too. Um, So for example, do you guys think that we should take baths first and then maybe watch a show in our pajamas? Or do you think we should um, maybe read a few stories and then we could get our pajamas on and go hop in bed? Like what, what do you think we should do and kind of have them buy into whatever schedules that you've decided, obviously both are okay. They can pick whichever one and we do that. Right. And then kind of land on that for a while and just stay with it regardless, because that's going to kind of become their habit, their ritual that they have at nighttime. And I think our kids thrive off that structure and they thrive off of, off of systems and routines. And I know that for me, like when we went into the pandemic, just kind of the whole, the whole body experience of the panic of, I don't know what we're doing. It became very real to me of like what our kids feel when they don't know what's going on, when they don't know what's coming next, when they don't have those expectations set. Right. I don't think I've ever really experienced that until those like first two weeks of the pandemic when I was like, oh my gosh, where, what are we doing? With our life? Like, blah, blah, blah. It was just so much and your whole body is just kind of vibrating, right? Um, so I, I try to remember that that's kind of how my, especially my special buddies, like how they feel all the time when they don't know what's coming. And so the more direction I can give them and the more ritual and routine and rhythm we can put in our day, the better it is for them. And the more at peace they can be and it lowers their anxiety all that to say, just a reminder that it's good for them that we stick with the same thing every night. So when we're rolling out things, we'll have, we'll sit down have this conversation and say, okay, these are the things we're going to be doing. And I go over it with them kind of like, I'm trying to think of what, what phrase would be an obnoxious amount, I guess would be a good way to put that. Um, so we'll go around the table and be like, okay, so our five o'clock jobs 
who is going to be taking out the trash? I forgot already. I already forgot. Who's doing that? Oh, Andrew's doing that. Okay, good. We did that several times of like, okay, so Andrew will take out the trash. And then Matthew, you're in charge of, oh shoot, I forgot. Matthew, can you remind me what you're in charge of? So then he like looks at his chart and tells me what, I mean, it's really annoying. If anybody else was there, they'd be really annoyed how long this takes me to go around the table and figure out everybody's jobs. But it kind of solidifies it in their brain. They know what they're in charge of. They know who's in charge of what. And so they can really take ownership of their jobs. Um, I have several people that are not always willing and ready to like do their jobs with a happy heart. I have a couple with oppositional defiance disorder and some other mood disorders. And so it's kind of like the epitome of a resistant child. So again, I think that having those charts, those visuals is really helpful for them. I think laying those very clear expectations and then not, not really budging on it. I know that there's times when kids are just having a really hard day and you know, your kid, you know what they need. And so if they need to take a break or have somebody else step in and serve them, like what an amazing opportunity to show them what a team does when you're really struggling. But at the same time, for those kids that are just kind of always that way, um, I typically say like, Hey, but I'm not asking, I'm telling we're, we're moving into this. We're, we're a team. We all, we all jobs. I don't want to be cooking dinner right now. It's not really what I want to be doing with my time, but I'm doing it because we're a team and we all have parts to play and just kind of rehearsing that team mentality with them and using different teams to really visualize what everybody's job is and everybody's job is important. We all have to work together. Yeah. And um, one of the things that you said, as you were talking about going around, like it might seem obnoxious to other people, but what it reminded me of is like, you are essentially kind of incorporating play. Like you're making jokes. Kids see it more as, um, you know, more as like funny. Oh, she forgot again, you know, sort of a thing. So I think that's something for parents to keep in mind is sometimes it can be easy to be like, this is what we're doing, you know, but if your child is really having some resistance, often I find, and it's really difficult for me because it's not something that we have often been taught or raised with to play when there's resistance, but every time I do it, it like works like a charm. So I think that's something to keep in mind too, is like, you know, just make it silly and fun. It doesn't always have to be rigid, but another thing that you mentioned that I think really ties in a lot with the behaviors is not knowing expectations. Like it, it also relates to, you know, going to the doctor and not knowing what's going to happen or having some social situation. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, obviously there are times when things happen and you just don't know, but you know, that really triggers the system to go into that fight or flight. So the more kids can be kind of prepared can lessen some of that anxiety and the stress around like now we're doing everything new and, you know, I don't want to do this. And some of that resistance might just be because they're kind they can't think, you know, like you said, the thinking brain before. Um, so as you're incorporating new systems, what would you say, like the time that you would give it? I mean, obviously it's going to be different. There's, there's not going to be one right answer, but how, maybe how would you tell a parent whether it's time to change. Like say they implemented something and it's just really not working. Like, is there kind of a sweet spot of a time frame where you would say, we're just going to stick with it. Cause obviously we don't want to start something. And then like a week later, we feel like it's not working and we don't stick with it and we start something new. You know, we need to kind of create some regularity for a while to actually see if there's change. So 
Is there some sort of time frame you would give or maybe some things to look out for to know whether it's time to change a system, like it just doesn't, it's not working, or now is a good time to add in more. Like we have this one going, now we can add in more, especially when you're thinking of, you know, a mom who's overwhelmed and kids who maybe are a little bit resistive or kind of getting into a new routine. Yes. I don't think there's a magical like 2.8 days or anything like that for figuring out things really. I think that it's really dependent on the mama and her kiddos and kind of where they feel like they are. Um, I think that this, this is why I believe that the planning process is so important because like, if we're, if we're going to go on a trip and we got in the car and we're like, okay, today we're going to go to Houston. And then we're like, where do we want to go next? Oh, Baton Rouge. Oh, where do we want to go next? And we're just kind of like all over the map. Right. But if we can sit down and we can plan it out and really feel like we know what, what our pain points are and how we're going to try to solve those pain points, it's a whole lot easier to, to shift and move just a small amount instead of like huge abruptions of like, now we're going to South Dakota, right? Like we're, it's just smoother and easier to, to do that once we have our big picture in mind. So we have our plan and we kind of have our, our vision of what we want our family to look like and know, we know what's important to us. So I know that reading three books at night in my kid's room is really important to me. And so everything else needs to kind of take the back seat to that. And how can I support that main goal, you know? And so having those things um, really clear in your mind as a mama and then planning those out, I think is the biggest key. And then once you start, I feel like there are, there's going to be tweaks that you have to make and you know, you want to wake up earlier. And so you woke up at six and really your kids wake up at six ten, and 10 minutes is not enough to get done what you want to get done. So move it up five minutes, right? Like we can move things and tweak things a little bit. And those times, once we figure out what our goals are for that. I just have one more, one more question for you. And then um, you can kind of share how people can find you, but I'm just curious because I think my biggest downfall is the actual sit down to plan it you know, like I meal plan and I kind of have that and I try to business plan and just like trying to come, like actually sit down and do the planning. And I find like when I actually do, it's not really that long of a time, but in my mind, I'm thinking like, I don't have time to plan this, but really like we don't have time not to plan it, you know? So I'm just curious one, if you have some sort of routine or something, and maybe it's, not just at one time, like what that kind of looks like, how you kind of plan out some of these things. And then if there's anything else that you, you know, want to share about any systems or anything that we didn't cover that you think would be really helpful or beneficial to, to moms. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think that every mama should take themselves on a little date. And if you're magical enough to be able to like get away for a night or something that that would be ideal. However, even like a three hour Starbucks or a two hour Starbucks is perfect, right? Kind of be thinking through your day. Like what are the places that feel overwhelming? What do I need to come up with a plan for? Okay. We we're signing up for these things in the fall. Like what, what do I need to figure out about that? And just write down like baseball in the fall. And so then when you go sit down and plan, you know, the points you want to hit on, and then you can kind of create your master plan from there. Um, I have a great chore e-guide that I would love to share with your people. And then also somewhere on my website, there's a batch working course that kind of walks you through how to batch work your days so that you know what you're doing and when, 
And it's not so much, it's a little bit like time blocking, but it's more like day blocking of like, okay, today's my office day and I'm going to do two hours of this sometime today. Right. So I have that, I have that planned, but it kind of allows a little bit more flexibility in our day where when things happen, we can kind of go with the flow a little bit. So um, that's on there too. So if you want to get more nitty gritty and getting stuff done around the house and planning all of that, you can check that out. But I think just that sitting down process and as you're going through your, your days, either I text message my husband, which he finds really annoying. I'm sure other people have much better noting apps than texting their husband, but that's what I do. I'm like, oh, I need to do this. Let me text it to him. So I know where it is. And so I have it all in one spot in our text message thread. And I can just pull that up and kind of go through what we're doing, right? And what I need to think through and plan through. And that goes for like, you can go as deep or wide as you want, right? We can talk about baseball season. Who's going to be taking kids to practice? Is that on me? Is it on my husband? Is it a babysitter? Okay, games. Who else is going to be going to the games with us? Do I need to bring things for them to pack to have snacks? Do I need to sign up for snacks for the game? Like all the little details of things that are better planned ahead of time instead of in the moment when somebody's asking you on the spot at the baseball field while your children are running around and talking to strangers, right? So there's there's things we can do to kind of mitigate some of those pain points. And um, I think that that's just a really great way to do that, to kind of start each season off with a new, a new date with yourself and kind of reassessing things. So do you, last question, I said that before, but <laughs> So do you ever, um, so you kind of, you know, so we're going into new season, you sit down and take some time to really plan through that. Do you have, do you, or I mean, maybe now you're so in a routine, you don't have to, but even as you think about just starting out, like the night before, are you thinking through, okay, tomorrow or or writing down? I mean, I'm, I'm big into (laughs) my list, you know, like, do you have, or do you have like, um, maybe you have a system of, you know, on Mondays, I do these things and stuff already. I mean, how does that look? Do you actually have to think about the night before? These are all the things I need to do tomorrow. You know, I'm guessing you're probably in quite a routine that maybe you don't, but is that something that you would recommend or just kind of weekly throw it out in your planner? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that doing that weekly, yes, do like a weekly check-in, like your Sunday check-in and look over your week because doctor's appointments and things like that are going to be on there that you need to figure out transportation and who's watching who and all those details, right? But I love the idea of having set things on set days. And the joy that comes from that is that I don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. I don't have to think about it at all, right? So I'd come sit down. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I need to write, write my emails for our nonprofit today. So I need to get that going, right? I have my set list of things and I'm not going to worry about my nonprofit at all until we get back to Monday again. And that's my like nonprofit day where I do my things for that, right? So it helps that stay out of my mind until that moment. And that moment it comes in, I deal with it, I'm done, wrap it up, move on to the next thing. Yeah, I've been trying to do that with like, um, just home management and stuff like that, because I think just with kids, there's a lot to think about. And, you know, with a business, there's a a lot to think about. And so trying to strategically 
position things. So I've been trying to, you know, like Fridays, a lot of times my parents will um, take my kids and do like Friday fun night. And I was like, okay, well, this would be a perfect time to deep clean the house. Nobody has to entertain them. So every Friday, like, I know some people are probably like, Ooh, fun Friday night, you know, vacuuming and stuff. But I just think going into the weekend, then like you have a nice clean house. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, but if they don't go there for some reason, maybe we just have a movie night and they watch a movie and I still vacuum and clean, you know? So I definitely think it's very helpful because now, I mean, I did write it down because I like to cross things off my list. It's very satisfying, but I already came into this day thinking like, okay, today is my vacuum and meal planning day. So that tomorrow I can get grocery, you know? So I do think that has been really helpful. Now I just need to continue and figure out the other stuff to add in. So um, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and your tips. It's something that I am very interested in right now and trying to figure out for those that are like, I need more help with this, or I kind of just need to be told what to do or need like specific guidance. I don't have the capacity right now to think about all that. Can you just share if there's anything, I know you mentioned a website and the the chore chart and stuff. If there's any resources that you have for people, I know you mentioned coaching, just kind of um, talk through some of that stuff that people can go find. Yeah. So I do offer one-on-one coaching and that's, that's kind of my favorite. It's my favorite thing because I get to know these moms and I, I think it's really fun to build relationships with, with mamas and kind of get to know the nitty gritty and help them solve. Like it's like a puzzle to me. So I find that really, really exciting for me. However, people are on for the full like coaching experience. Um, we do offer courses and then we have a ton of free resources that can help you really get things in shape in your home. And so if you're needing something specific, feel free to reach out to me and I can help kind of guide you to that resource. Um, but I will, I'll share the link to the short e-guide with you. I'm to put in the show notes so people can easily grab that. And that will walk you through thinking about chores for your kids. Um, the age appropriateness of chores for your kids and how to, how to just kind of process all of those, all of those millions of pieces in your head and make them simple for, for your little buddies. So. Okay. Awesome. And you, your website, I'll link that too, but is it just called mama systems? Mamasystems.net. Okay. Well, I'll link all that. And um, I think this will be really helpful for moms in general, but I think especially the part of when you're already overwhelmed with behavior, take some of this stuff off your plate so that you can really have the time to focus and the energy to focus on allowing those meltdowns and feelings to come. So um, thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait for everybody to hear. Yeah. Thank you so much. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at Kaylee Josire, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.